When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the In The Meadow podcast. I'm your host, Victoria. You can find me on Instagram at Vic In The Meadow or TikTok at Vic Sauce. And today, if you can read the episode title, we are talking about pet loss and pet grief. But please be known, this is not going to be a super sad episode. I want to focus on what helped me through this, what other people can do when their friends or family have undergone pet loss, and what you can do now if you've got pets to better memorialize them later on when they're no longer with you physically. Because those are the tidbits of information that I was missing after I lost Boo, which we'll chat about briefly. I was looking up online, pet loss, pet grief, and it was a lot of very personal, sad stories of people losing their pets, and that's not the aspect that I want to focus on. Not a really comfortable sharing great detail about, you know, what happened with Boo. If you followed my Instagram, you probably know where things kind of went with that. That was a really deeply difficult and personal time in my life. I had two and a half months off of work while he was sick and after we had to say goodbye. But the long story short is he got suddenly ill around Easter weekend and within about six weeks we had to make the really difficult decision to say goodbye. I never grew up with pets. I didn't know what that was going to be like, what to expect, and for such a difficult situation, I was truly so lucky that everything went as best as it could for, like I said, such a difficult situation. He was surrounded by all his favorite people that he loved. The veterinary care was amazing, and he looked like a little sleeping angel. So with that aside, I want to talk a little bit about pet grief and expectations and what that means. I had my own notion of what I thought grief was, the timeline I thought I might follow after loss, yet when faced with the grief, I was hit with a tidal wave of homesickness. Very suddenly realized that grief wasn't something to get over, but rather something to absorb. That things won't feel better, just different. That the big feelings will ebb and flow. They may get less frequent, but they'll never fully stop. But mostly, I learned that grief means that you cared so deeply for someone or something that the years of love is well worth the adjustment to a new sense of self while learning to carry the pain. Because somewhere between hello and goodbye was a deep lesson of unconditional love. The grief that comes with pet loss especially is something that I've learned through books I've read, which we'll get into and talk about, is called distant franchised grief, which is a grief that's not openly acknowledged, socially mourned, or publicly supported for the most part. And wow is this ever apparent when you do lose a fur baby that literally meant the world to you. For me, Boo was quite literally everything. He got me through my separation and divorce. He was there for me when I was extremely ill last year. Likewise, I was there for him and brought him in as a rescue and helped him blossom and grow into the sweet little old man that he was. But not everybody gets that. And I'm somebody that doesn't have kids, doesn't ever want kids, 
Boo was it for me. He was my baby. He went to work with me. We went to the pharmacy together. He had his own account at the pharmacy for his medication. <laughs> there was a special bond. And I know anyone else with pets where they are like their children, you understand what I'm saying. And if you don't understand that feeling, I hope that you can empathize with it and better understand for people in your life when they lose a pet, how deep of a loss that is. So many people are in a position where they are rushed back to work. They are made to feel guilty for needing a few days off. I needed a solid two weeks off after we had to say goodbye to Boo. And at first I thought maybe it would be a week and I got to the weak point and I was like, absolutely not. I'm not gonna be able to focus. If anything, pushing the feelings down now and pretending they aren't there is gonna make everything so much worse later. And I was lucky to be able to take that time since I am self-employed in my day job and just take an unpaid leave and still have a job to go back to. I know not everybody has that privilege, which is really frustrating in itself. Something that always rubs me the wrong way is when people lose pets and people, you know, start sending listings of other dogs or cats or hedgehogs or whatever it might be. It's like when somebody loses a partner, you don't say, oh, when are you going to get another one? Yet that's a really weird response that seems to be really common when it comes to pet loss or people that are already asking, oh, do you think you'll get another one someday? We are still processing everything that happened now. It's not the most appropriate time to ask that. Especially in those early days of grief after losing a fur baby, there is so much guilt that can arise, or at least for me, there was a lot of guilt. Early stages of grief were rough. I couldn't focus on anything. Lots of teary, sobbing, can't breathe phone calls to my mom to talk me down. And sleeping in the living room for two weeks. That was our little sorrow nest where we were sleeping for two months when Boo was sick and needed to be by his water dish, by the back door, by his crate. After he said goodbye, there was some kind of guilt where it was like we felt we were giving up on him if we went back to the bedroom. Of course, we had to move past that. We moved through that when we were ready. But those first couple of weeks were really hard. It was just sinking in to that realization that like this is the new reality doing what we needed to do rather than pushing through and trying to go through this process. I hate that like five stages of grief or whatever, because that's not realistic for everybody. There isn't the denial, acceptance, anger. It looks so differently for everybody to grieve. There can be a lot of guilt when feelings come up. Some people might not resonate with things that are popular in pet loss, like thinking of the rainbow bridge. That's okay. There is just so much importance in accepting your feelings for validity, no matter what they are. And in a moment, I'm going to get into how you can better support other people in your life that are experiencing pet loss. But I want to share an experience that I had in the very early days after losing Boo, just to kind of convey how unstable and clouded things can feel. So a little bit of background, we had always said that Boo loved the tulips. We had tulips that grew in our backyard and he would love to just go back and sniff them, sniff the air around them, enjoy the essence of the tulips. So a few days after we had said goodbye, we were ordering groceries for delivery because no, no, we were not ready to leave the house and realize that the world keeps spinning when you undergo loss, even though your world stops. So we had Instacarted groceries to the house and in the order from the superstore, I had added a bouquet of tulips. And I thought, what a nice way to honor Boo by keeping tulips in the house, something pretty to look at, something to like put by, you know, the little shrine that we were making for him just to bring life to the area. And the Instacart guy was doing our shopping, texting me about replacements and we had been billed and it said that the tulips were being delivered. And then our order come, the bags are being brought in. I'm hiding in the living room and I go in to start putting things away and I'm like, oh my God, the tulips aren't here. And I check my bill on my app and it said the tulips have been billed for, collected, they weren't delivered. I'm panicking, trying to message the Instacart guy. He is non-responsive, not answering. And I'm like, please just, are they in your car? Like it says that they were collected and billed through. Really big feelings coming up. And I had been having an okay day that day. All of a sudden I'm trying to put away the groceries and the wave of sadness just hits me. And I took it so personally. It was nothing to do with this poor Instacart driver. And I was just angry. I was angry. I was sad. And in my head, I'm like, doesn't the world know that we need these tulips to honor Boo? Of course, nobody else knows my circumstances. Nobody else owes me anything in that matter. But those missing tulips from the grocery order just sent me into a spiral of sorrow for the rest of the day. And grief tends to hit you in those moments. Even now, I am past the crying everyday phase for now. But days do sneak in where the littlest thing that I'm not expecting sets me off into a crying spell. Again, that's okay. It doesn't mean that you're not healing properly. One of my favorite sayings, you have to feel it to heal it. I will recommend some books that better get into actually managing the grief, but it is so different for everyone. But let's talk about what you can do to be there for somebody else when they are undergoing pet loss. For me, something that was really helpful was my best friend Ashley texting me and saying, 
I am coming over to bring you groceries and snacks and whatever you need. This isn't a request saying, if you need anything, I'm here. I am coming. What do you want? That in itself was so helpful. And Ashley lost their mom a few years ago. So they completely understand what grief is like. They also lost one of their dogs recently. And in this reflection, I'm like, wow, I wish I could have shown up differently for them when they had their loss because they knew exactly how to show up for me. And of course I was being the people pleaser, being polite, beating around the bush. Oh, we're okay. We can order groceries. They would not take no for an answer. They said, I am on my way to Walmart. I will guess at what you need, or you can tell me what you need. And then I told them what I needed. <laughs> and they had no problem doing that. They brought me over some groceries, a little stuffed dog that looked like Boo, a journal so I could write my Boo memories in a journal, which we will talk about in a little bit. Came and gave a big hug and said, do you want me to stand here for two minutes while we unload the car? Do you want me to come in for 15 minutes? What do you need? Which was incredible. Showing up for people how they need you to show up is the key, not necessarily what you think you would like yourself. Doing those things, like I said, where you just show up with a little care package, some groceries for somebody, maybe some Tylenol and Kleenex because the crying headaches are so real. Validate their feelings, whether it's a phone call to a friend or a text, let them know whatever they're feeling is okay. Let them know that they're loved and supported. And one thing that I want to make sure is listening more than sharing. When somebody is navigating pet grief and pet loss, that is their entire universe in that moment. It's not always helpful immediately to hear other people's experiences. In fact, sometimes it can just add to their own grief, which they're still working on processing and make them feel even more upset, or at least in my case, that was part of it. I'm at a point now where I love connecting with other people who have experienced pet loss and asking to see pictures of their pets and sharing about mine. But at the time, my world was Boo and I wanted to talk about Boo. Being that person that listens to someone, ask them to see their favorite pictures of their pet, ask to hear about the favorite memories so they can talk about their pet. Giving that openness and that avenue to just hold space for them and hear about the life that their pet had makes a world of difference. Extremely therapeutic and it makes it feel like other people care. And other people do care. Like I said, through this experience, especially on Instagram, sharing about the loss of Boo, I've connected with so many other people that have lost pets and have shared helpful things that they've experienced. And in turn, I've got to ask about their pets and see pictures of their pets and connect with them. And it is so special to hear people talk about their fur babies that they loved so much. On that topic of doing things to help people out, another thing that can be really helpful is offering to physically help with the process of the death and dying of their pet. So what I mean by that, offer to go pick up some prints from Staples or Walmart of their pet if they want to make a photo album. Or maybe they need someone to drive them to the appointment or to pick them up because Lord knows my partner and I were not fit to drive to the appointment when we had to say goodbye to Boo. We knew we'd be crying so much after. Your head is not clear. It's not safe. Which my parents offered to take us and we invited them in with us and it was very helpful and we were very grateful. Or doing things like offering to pick up the ashes. It can be super traumatizing to have to go back to the location they said goodbye to their dog if it was the case of a planned euthanasia to pick up those ashes. Or even if it wasn't and it was something that happened at home, going to a place where they're going to have to see alive and happy animals in the same room might be difficult. So it can be so helpful to say, hey, if you need someone to pick up the urn, I got you. Even if someone says no to all of these things that I have suggested, you have done your best to again hold space and give them that avenue to know that you are there if they need support. I also had lovely people on Instagram that I've never even met in real life offer support and say, hey, if you want to Zoom and watch a movie together, if you want to join me and my partner for game night, little things to just feel a sense of community still because pet loss can just feel so isolating. Regardless of what type of grief you're experiencing, typically it does feel like your world has stopped and you're very confused why the world keeps spinning, why people are complaining about mundane things. I remember very early on into the grief journey, which I'm only like six weeks in right now, but things change changed so rapidly. A week or two in, I was catching up on the Kardashians. Mindless TV was helping me at the time. I got so triggered watching an episode where Kim Kardashian was having a menti bee about getting to Paris or somewhere and her stylist wasn't with her. And oh my God, how was she going to make decisions for herself on how to pick clothing to wear? And I was like, this is what people are having meltdowns about right now. <laughs> of course, in my head, I'm like, you have a happy and healthy family. Just be grateful. But people are entitled to their own feelings and experiences. But my point is, in that moment, your world has stopped and it can be so isolating to find people that can understand and be there for you and that you can feel that unconditional safety around to express what you need. 
Now I want to talk a little bit about what helped me personally in navigating my grief. Because immediately I was on TikTok being like pet loss grief tips, Googling it, Instagramming it, trying to find what I could. Like I said, can be a risky slope to go down because there's a lot of really depressing, sad content, lots of trauma dumping online about very scary, again, traumatic stories of their personal pet loss. I wanted to create a little list of what helped me. The first one is linking objects or linking items. And this is something I learned about in one of the books I read. So what this means is carrying around things that remind you of your fur baby or person if you're translating this to human grief as well. So for me, this was things like carrying around Boo's collar with us. We took it everywhere with us those first couple weeks. Bringing it out onto the lawn if I was reading, bringing it to bed with us. We still sleep with it in bed with us. <laughs> Taking it to the grocery store, it, that was something that brought us comfort and made us feel close until we figured out other ways to carry his memory with us. So for me, this also looks like sleeping with his little blankie. Little cute background story. When I first rescued Boo from Motor City Greyhound Rescue, they had given him a little baseball blankie quilt and a volunteer had made little quilt blankies for each of the dogs that had came in from Spain that trip. They could have their first object that was their own which is so sweet in itself. He had that blankie right up until his final moments. That was the blankie that I chose to bring to the vet with us when we said goodbye that he got to lay his little head on. So that's a really important linking object to me. And I sleep with that every night and it brings me immense amounts of comfort. Something else that's kind of been like a linking object for me has been keeping his beds in the same place. And I know this is such a tricky topic when it comes to pet losses. Their crates, their cages, their bedding, what you do with it and with Boo's items or objects. The physical food was a no-brainer for me. I knew that Boo wouldn't have wanted that to go to waste. The man loved his supper and his snacks. For me, I was able to find somebody else with a dog that ate raw food and make sure that they got all the frozen raw food that was still good and gave the dog treats to my clients and friends that I knew have dogs that could enjoy them. But bedding was just a tricky one. That was his spaces in the house. So we have kept them all exactly where they are. Same within my office, his little bed in the corner. I put a framed picture of him on the wall near his little bed and blankie. And that is gonna be indefinitely there. If you're somebody that immediately wants to donate it or give it to another dog, that is valid. That is great. That is what you need to do. For me, it's been the opposite where it's just not a bridge I'm ready to cross yet. And it makes me feel comfort in walking into a room, seeing the bed and remembering all the wonderful memories of him snoring up a storm in them. Another wonderful thing that has helped is kind of a linking object. So we had chosen to get Boo individually cremated and were given back an urn with his ashes. We had some memorial jewelry made with his ashes. So I've got a little ring with his ashes and a pendant. My partner also had a ring made. It's a super neat process. If you're curious who I went with, with. Their brand name is Forget Me Not Jewels on Instagram. They're located in Brigden, Ontario, which was nice because we were able to just make the road trip and drive the ashes down so we didn't have to worry about them in the mail as well. They are so, so talented. We chose to get a natural ash color because we just wanted it to be true to boo, but they can do really cool color matching where they mix the ashes into the stone setting. They can color match it to say your cat's eyes or your dog's fur, whatever it might be. They can also add fur into the pendants as well. It's really cool. And for us, it was something that just would help us feel like we were carrying a literal piece of boo around with us every day. So that is something that we both put on first thing in the morning, take off last thing in the day, makes us feel so close to him. That topic of kind of linking items that I carry with me every day. I also had a custom eye pendant made and you can see these on my Instagram if you fancy it. I have a story highlight called Pet Grief and there's pictures on the grid of both of these necklaces that I'm referencing. But I also had one made by an incredibly talented artist, which you might be able to hear it jingle jangling around named Mickey Alice Quapis on Instagram and TikTok. She is a taxidermist in America. I'm going to preface this. She, this is not Boo's real eyeball that I'm going to be talking about. She's an artist and a taxidermist and she is incredible at color matching your pet's eye to make a replica pendant with a glass eyeball. If this sounds confusing and creepy, look it up on my Instagram. I swear it is beautiful. She did such an incredible job. I emailed her some pictures of Boo's eyes in different sunlight. She sent me a picture back saying, how does this look? I said, absolutely amazing. And subsequently looked out the window every morning until the FedEx truck brought it to me in the mail. For me, that has been so special because every time I look in the mirror, I feel like I'm looking into Boo's eye and his eyes were just one of my favorite parts of him. So that has been a really special thing for me. And I think that for us, having this jewelry made really helped our journey in not bringing the collar everywhere and feeling that he's still with us without having 
all of those bigger items with us all the time, if that makes sense. I also had some bracelets commissioned for us that I just very recently picked up from my friend Charlie, Earthstar Healing on TikTok and Instagram. Make incredible jewelry. We had these custom crystal bracelets made. You can also probably hear it click clacking around. Mine is blue lace agate, if I'm saying that right, and amethyst. And my partner's was mostly amethyst with some pink tourmaline. Different grief and healing crystals. Again, crystals aren't for everybody. I know that's so okay. But again, these are things that brought me comfort. Long-winded version to say linking items, linking objects, ways to memorialize them, which we'll talk more about memorials after. Things that make you feel connected to them throughout the day. On that note, having like a memorial space and a memorial shrine is also something that has been super helpful for me in processing this loss. The very first thing that we did, of course, we didn't have his ashes back right away. That takes about, in Ontario time anyhow, seven days, about five business days or so to get those back. And wow, it was an uncomfortable waiting period, just being anxious of like, what if something goes wrong? What if they just never show back up at the vet? Which they will. They will. They're handled with such care, but there's that anxiety. The very first thing that we did was, it is summer here right now as I'm recording this, we created a little memorial in our garden. Like I said, Boo loved to stop and smell the tulips. We thought, what better spot than in the garden to make a little space that we can go and think about him and remember him, especially because we were spending a lot of time outside and we still are in nature to just clear our minds, feel a little more grounded. So I actually just got a really nice garden stone on Amazon. And what does it say? I think it says, if love could have saved you, you would have lived forever with like a little paw print. And we planted some geraniums next to it. And that's our little space to remember Boo. Have since built on and now we've got our bird feeders. Gosh, we'll get into the birding in the healing journey later. But we've got some bird feeders there and wind chimes that a lovely follower got me off of my Amazon wish list with a little picture of Boo in the wind chime. So every time they chime, we think it's him saying hello. As you can tell from how fondly I'm talking about the space, it is just something that helped a lot. And we would just sit there. We'd, like I said, in the early days, bring his collar out with us, go to the little stone and have a little chat with Boo. So at that time, as we were waiting for the ashes to come back, we were also creating a shrine inside. For us, this lives on the middle of our coffee table. Some people like to make a shelf. Some people will put it or, you know, around where their dog bowls used to be, whatever tickles your fancy. But I had a little like wooden circular tray and we've kind of made that the Boo Shrine. So originally that's where his urn was when we did get it home, which has since moved to the bedroom. The shrine still exists. We've got his little passport there because yes, he has a passport. Coming from Spain to America and then to Canada, he had to prove all his vaccinations and everything and it is freaking adorable got a little vial with one of his teeth that he had pulled a few years ago that i kept because i am indeed that dog parent a little baggie of fur we also have a tiny baggie of his ashes there too and that's where we keep his ceramic paw print and a beautiful drawing that my mom's best friend did of him in a frame to kind of you know memorialize him visually and having that space is also really important and we also put a nice photo album which i'm about to talk about in a second on the coffee table there as well so it's just like the boo table that you can go think about boo see boo feel connected to him like i was saying on that note making physical photos of your fur baby can really help or it did at least for me in the grieving process. Because at first, suddenly they are not physically there anymore. And for most of us, most of our pictures and videos live on our phone. Anytime I would get sad, I would pull up an album that I made on my phone with every single picture and every single video of Boo and I would scroll through it. I was just missing those physical cues around the house to see his face. Literally, as I'm recording this at my desk right now, I have a little Polaroid of him. It just sits and looks at me and I've been staring at it the entire time I've been speaking without even realizing until right now which has brought me a lot of comfort and joy to my face. But like I said, ways that we've done this, we just used, what is it called? I think it's called Shutterfly, where you can just order a bunch of pictures. They're quote unquote free, and then they charge you like $100 for shipping. They're essentially paying for the photos and shipping, but whatever, marketing. With the, I think, I'm pretty sure, correct me if I'm wrong, I think it's Shutterfly, uh, where you can just directly from your phone, select all the images that you want to print, and then they show up at your door. You don't even have to go to Staples or Walmart, because at that point in my grief, I was not wanting to go be around people. So Shutterfly was amazing, or whatever app you might use. I think in the States, you've got like Amazon photos where you can order pictures through Amazon. We don't have that up here in Yield, Canada, but we ordered over 200 photos and a nice photo album off of Amazon. Cause again, we weren't leaving the house. If you cannot support Bezos, that's great. But uh, sometimes that's the best option for some of us. And then we were so excited. We had things to look forward to coming in the mail to memorialize him, which was really nice. But like I said, we made our boo photo album. And then my best friend, again, the one that brought the groceries, the MVP, another day came 
came by with like a collage photo frame and they had printed out a bunch of pictures of me and Boo, my partner and Boo, my mom and Boo, Boo on his own and arranged them into the collage and we hung it right above where his food and water bowl are, which again, we have chosen to keep as like a little spot for him. We keep his water dish full to each their own, but we put that above there because again, the man loved food. So it's a nice spot to look over where we would usually see him snacking and see a nice little collage with pictures of him. And when we ordered from Shutterfly, we also had some 8x10s printed and we ordered some, again, Amazon, ordered some frames for those and hung them at the foot of the bed because another thing was, like I said, going from sleeping in the living room back to the bedroom was difficult, especially difficult going back to bed and not having Boo sleeping at our feet. That way, when I get into bed, the last thing I see at night is our pictures of Boo and the first thing I see in the morning is those pictures of Boo and it's that nice physical cue reminder that he's still there. And this might not be for everyone. I've talked to people before where looking at pictures is really hard for them and they can't do it for, I've heard some people, years. And again, that's okay. Everyone grieves differently. Everyone experiences things differently. But if you're someone where having some physical cues of your fur baby would bring you joy, put them everywhere. Put them everywhere you can. It's funny, my parents are up camping in Grundy, if any Ontarians know where that is, as I'm recording this. And I got off the phone with my mom, catching up with her. And she has said that my stepdad had this great idea to get a big magnet made of Boo for them to put in their road trek so that Boo can travel along with them. Isn't that just the cutest? Brought me a lot of emotions and feelings, especially because my stepdad is a man of very few words and few feelings. Things like that, where you're just able to memorialize them, see them around, helped me a lot. Another thing that really helped me in my grief was creating a memory journal. Like I said, I had my friend go out on a mission to chapters when they had asked me, what do you need? I said, I really want a journal that's just for my memories of Boo. I don't want to put it in my other journals where I've already written stuff. I want it to be the Boo book. They went and found a nice journal with a B on the front and a nice pack of pens for me. So it would be fresh and in my mind correlated to Boo. And I got to writing and I would write things like how his fur felt, how his feet smelled. I wrote down the story of how I got him those first days with him. I wrote about my last days with him. And I just wrote random memories I would think of over the days from his life that I didn't want to forget. Like the time that he got a weird rash on his um, little bummy hole and I had to get a $250 prescription ointment from the human pharmacy to treat it. Just what a funny ordeal the whole thing was. It was a very happy ending. The ointment worked and the pharmacist had dog treats behind the counter. I live in a very dog friendly neighborhood in my city. So he got to go in with me to pick up his little bummy cream. Little things like that where I'm like, you know what, 20 years from now, I might forget that in my brain, but I'm going to read that. It's going to jog my memory and I'm going to have a big smile on my face laughing about it. Like I said, memory book, memory journal, or just a journal to write about your feelings or write letters of what you would want to say to your pet can be really helpful. On that note, now I want to talk about books that helped me through my grief and pet loss journey. You know, reading can be really hard after experiencing any kind of loss or grief just to focus, and it took me a couple weeks to get back into reading after losing Boo. So another option might be audiobooks. I'm sure some of these, other than the workbooks, are probably available on. The first one that I cannot recommend enough, whether your pet is still alive or is not, is the book Good Grief on Loving Pets Here and Hereafter by E.B. Bartels. This book came extremely highly recommended to me on Instagram when I asked people for books to navigate grief and pet loss specifically. And again, I can't say it enough how much I love this book. For anybody who has read Caitlin Doty's books, who is a human mortician and has wrote some amazing books, Smoke It's In Your Eyes, Will My Caddy My Eyeballs, this book reminded me of Caitlin's writing style and the style of which they talk about death and loss. Really digestible, very relatable, and just human feeling. In Good Grief, the author goes on to talk about her own experiences with pet loss from a young age with goldfish, with birds, to older with cats and dogs. And interspersely in that, she talks about her journey as an adult studying pet loss and talking to different professionals, talking to vets, talking to people that work in pet memorial jewelry, weird things like pet taxidermy and pet mummification, all of the things, all of the options. And the book brought me a lot of laughs that were much needed at that time in my grief journey. I had a lot of helpful information that made me feel a lot better too. A couple takeaways that I had from it. One, again, the decision to euthanize is so difficult. And she was talking to vets in the book and they were saying, you know, sometimes we actually feel like we have failed if we don't get to euthanize the pet because it means that we've missed out on saving them pain. Which brought me a lot of personal peace. We also had received a really beautiful card in the mail from the internal medicine specialist that had guided us through Boo's journey and saying goodbye. 
validating our experience, which again meant the world because it arrived about a week after when we were so in our heads and to have someone say you made the right choice made all the difference. So again, Good Grief by E.B. Bartels. Believe it's available on Amazon, maybe chapters. If not, ask for it in your bookstore or your library. Okay, so the next one is called How to Carry What Can't Be Fixed and it's a workbook by Megan Devine. This workbook isn't specifically for pet loss, it's for grief in general. And again, this was one that my bestie Ashley brought me over that they had used when their mom passed away. I found it super validating. Again, it goes kind of between talking about normal things to feel with grief, a little bit of personal experience, but mostly exercises and not necessarily super specific exercises, but even things like writing the word no all over a page to just get those feelings out of frustration of conversations that you've had with people, of things that people want you to do to quote unquote move on. And it had a lot of really great exercises in it that I found unique to just getting feelings out there because I'm not a good journaler about my feelings without prompts. And another workbook that I found helpful was called And I Love You Still by Julianne Corbin. This is a workbook that kind of gets you to journal about each phase of your dog's life. Now I will say if your dog didn't come to you as a puppy and end at a older phase of life, it can be a little triggering. But I made it work regardless. I got Boo when he was four years old. I was just like, you know what? I'm gonna use the puppy prompts as when I got him because he was a little puppy to me. But it basically goes through talking you through, okay, the puppy phases. What were your favorite things about them? What did you learn? What were the difficulties? You know, all of this. And then it goes into their adolescent years, their adult years, their senior years. And then it's asking you prompts about what were the feelings that you had when you first met them? It also talks about whenever you're ready, what were the feelings you had right after you said goodbye? What were the circumstances around their passing? How did you feel two weeks after? How do you feel two months after? For me, that was really nice because rather than just asking questions related to grief, it helped me memorialize him and remember memories from different phases in his life that I hadn't thought about in a little bit. Because often when you are saying goodbye to a pet or if they have died suddenly, you are faced with focusing in on that last day or those last weeks. And it can be really easy to think, what could I have done differently? What did I miss? Rather than thinking, whoa, we had years together of amazing memories. So it's really nice in that workbook, and I love you still, to get to think about all the wonderful parts of their life and document it. Another book that I really loved and I came across by chance in chapters is called Will You Love Me by Barbie Keel. And again, whether you have an alive or passed away pet, this has nothing to do with a dog dying. The dog does not die in this book, I will specify. It's written by Barbie Keel, who owns an animal sanctuary over in Europe. It specifically follows her taking in a very abused rescue greyhound. Literally dumped at her door and it follows her journey of her going through cancer and this dog being nursed back to health and how much they helped each other and then goes on to the, you know, sanctuary adopting the dog out. Her feelings to that, seeing the dog heal and flourish. We'll say the first few chapters of this book are a hard read. She writes it from like the dog's point of view while it's with some very abusive owners but stick with it. I have a full review on my Goodreads account, which is linked to my Instagram and my TikTok if you don't have me as a friend on there. Bring the Kleenex both for sad and happy tears. But again, important to note, the dog does not die in this book. I am somebody that if I'm reading a book where I'm like, is the dog gonna be okay? I need to know, so I'm spoiling it. The dog is okay. He has a beautiful recovery story. And it just, I think, is a really good read for anybody that's rescued a dog to just understand more the behind the scenes of what the rescue is feeling and how that process can feel because I'm like oh my gosh I gave Boo his whole life but it's like man the rescues do so much in that in-between and how much they care for the animal. Next book that I want to talk about is a picture book and a good one for kids but I had put it on my Amazon wish list because I am a child at heart and when you're grieving I find that children's books and children's activities like coloring, stuffed animals can be really healing because your inner child is so tender and needy in those times. So The Invisible Leash, which I did not write the author down in my notes, but if you look it up on Chapters or Amazon, I'm sure you will find it. Anyways, it's just a nice story that kind of talks about these two kids with their lost pets and how there's an invisible leash tethering their heart to their dog up in like, you know, doggy heaven or whatever. The book is not heavy on God, or I don't even think it uses the word heaven, but it's just that feeling that you're still tethered to your deceased pet through this invisible leash. The last book, which has been so helpful, is called Love Notes to Grievers by Angela Morris, who is actually a friend of mine on Instagram. And this book came 
in the mail at the perfect time of me needing it. She'd originally reached out and she was like, hey, I'd love to send a fellow Canadian my book. Anyhow, the book is beautiful. It is about when she lost her dad and it alternates between short essays. And I mean, very short, like two to three pages, which is perfect length when you're grieving and having trouble focusing on a book. So it alternates between those short essays of how she was feeling to poems about grief. Incredible read made me feel so seen in my feelings and again, helped me better understand my friends when they're experiencing loss as well. Another fun bonus, like I was mentioning before, coloring can be super therapeutic when you're going through pet loss. And I had put this like silly little coloring book on my Amazon wish list called Farting Greyhounds. And it is exactly what it sounds like. It's a coloring book of greyhounds tooting and like tooting on a rainbow and tooting on a burger. It's adorable. Someone kindly got it for me on Instagram, sent it my way, and I would sit out in the sun and color these little farting greyhounds. I would color the greyhounds boo colors, and it was just very therapeutic and healing. And I also want to say I'm going to write all these books in the description of the podcast as well. So if you're driving right now or, you know, going for a hot girl walk, whatever it might be, you can reference back. I will write everything in the description. The next thing that helped me personally with grief was having some kind of night routine in that first week or two in those early days. And for me, that looked like lighting a candle. I had a candle I hadn't lit yet and I was like, this is going to be the boo candle. So when it started getting dark, we would light the candle. And then before we went to bed, we'd blow it out and have our little good night, say good night to boo. A few times the candle extinguished itself and we were like, okay, I suppose it's bedtime. I suppose boo is ready for bed. And the man loved bed. As much as he loved food, he loved to eat and sleep. It just gave us like a little chuckle and a little way to feel connected and still have a routine because you go from giving your dog supper, maybe their medications on a schedule, their last out of the night to suddenly not having to do any of that and it really rocks your world and your routine and it doesn't feel good at the time having that routine where at night we would light the candle blow the candle out in the morning my partner would get you know fresh water in the water dish which again if you don't have pets you might be like what the heck it is healing you have to do what you have to do and not judging yourself and not judging others is super important when you're grieving no matter a human or an animal Another thing on that kind of topic that helped was finding small, happy, achievable goals. So for me, this looked like maybe brushing and braiding my hair one day, walking around the block, walking around Boo's favorite place, doing a puzzle and an important one, tidying the sorrow nest, throwing out the Kleenex, giving it a little Lysol wipe down, washing the linens. Just before bed every night, I write out two to three things that I wanted to do the next day, no matter how small, right? Like wash your hair bring the dishes to the sink. That way, when you wake up, you have some things to do and force yourself to do and look forward to because it's really easy to fall in a slump where you're just not taking care of yourself. And doing those small things really can make all the difference. So the last thing on my list of, you know, things that specifically helped me grieve was finding peace with the birds. And again, if you have me on Instagram or TikTok, you know I have found my peace with the birds. A lot of people will relate seeing birds to a message from their loved one or feeling like their loved one is near. A lot of people specifically find this in like cardinals I hear often or blue jays. And for me, it was a few days after Boo had passed away and I was sitting on the porch and just reading my book, looking around and all of a sudden these two birds flew up to the back porch that I had never seen before and maybe just never paid attention to before. But they had little spotted bottoms just like Boo had like little spots on his belly and his legs. And I was like, what the heck bird is this? So I get on Google, I'm looking up Ontario birds, that are kind of gray with spots on their back and immediately it brought up the bird it was, which is a mourning dove. Couldn't have been more perfect as I was mourning myself. And they often are interpreted as signifying a message from a recently lost loved one. Immediately I was like, oh my goodness, it hit me hard, people. Ever since then, I've been one with the birds. <laughs> like we visit the Birds Unlimited store in our city to get our peanuts and bird seed. We have like looked into DIY bird pole systems for our feeders because the squirrels are wreaking havoc on the bird seed. And we've learned to appreciate what has been around us the whole time that we've just never paid attention to. A good way to get us out of the house, it gives us something to look forward to, a way to connect with nature and with animals again. Got binoculars and birding books from the used bookstore and we go out on bird walks. It's amazing. It's been so peaceful for us. So for us, birding or maybe for you it'll be hiking, kayaking, I don't know. Finding some activity outside if it is spring or summer or you know if it's winter and you have warm weather where you live, can't relate, is really healing. And those are some of the big things for me that helps me with my grief. And I this is unrelated but I have a little funny story because again with grief comes a lot of for me humor as coping which I know is common with a lot of people but 
about, like I said, seven days after we said goodbye to Boo, we got the call from the emergency vet that his ashes were ready to pick up. So we went to go pick them up, pick up the urn. And we were driving home and I was like, hmm, we'd already ordered our ashes jewelry. And I was like, okay, well, we're going to need to, you know, put some in a baggie to bring to the artist. And I was like, I hope the urn is easy to open. Ooh, foreshadowing. So we picked up the urn. It was difficult. I was grateful my partner went in so I could wait in the car. And then we were like, let's get ourselves Starbucks because Boo loved a pop cup. So we used our Starbucks points and we got breakfast sandwiches and Starbucks. And it was a beautiful morning. We got home. We set Boo's nice little urn on the table, on the patio with us, had our Starbucks. And then I was like, okay, I want to see what color his ashes are. So we try to open this urn absolutely not budging. Not an inch. So what do we do? We call the crematorium. We called the pet cremation service. And we felt really weird and we were like, um, I don't know if this is a common question, but we can't open him. And it's quite hilarious to me now. It was quite hilarious at the time because there's just some kind of weird reality check when you get your pet back in a box or an urn. It can bring up a lot of feelings for people. For us, it was just kind of funny that we're like, okay, so we can't even get in here. Anyways, for anyone curious the outcome of that, or if you one day have an urn that you receive and can't open, they told us a really helpful tip that did the trick. Using a wet cloth, we just used a wet washcloth. I don't know the specifics of why that worked, but it got the threads loose and we opened it up and we got to see Boo. <laughs> but it felt very humorous to us in the moment that I'm like, oh my God, of course we have to call the crematorium to ask how the heck to even open the urn. It was weird because we were like, is this common? And they were like, no. <laughs> so I don't know if people are just too embarrassed to call and ask or if we're just weak. There you go. Wet washcloth can help. I'm getting winded, but we are nearing the end here. Now I want to talk about pet memorial ideas. And this is something that I think is important, whether your pet is still here or if you've lost a pet on ideas that you can do. And like I said, some of these are things that you might have to do while they're still alive. Some of these are things that you can do, you know, years after your pet has passed away. And I've mentioned a lot already that I'm not gonna go back over like the photo albums, creating the shrine, getting like a garden stone, little memorials. I wanna talk about a few that I was able to do and a few that I wasn't able to do that I think would be really cool to do in the future. So like I already mentioned, I did get the cremation jewelry made with his ashes from Forget Me Not Jewels and my Eye Pendant by Mickey Alice Quapis. Now I want to mention something else by Mickey because her artwork is amazing. Her jewelry, artwork, whatever. She makes stained glass. She does all sorts of cool shit. She has dog nose impression kits. I think maybe you can do cats as well. I'm not sure. You'd have to look into it. Like I said, she's a taxidermist and a jeweler and she makes this incredible cast. So she mails you a kit and you take like a putty play-doh and you make an impression of your pet's nose and then you mail it back to her and she makes this really cool like you can get it in gold or silver impression of your dog's nose and you can put it on a little pendant or a keychain whatever tickles your fancy and then you can wear a little mold of like their little nose print and I think it's just the cutest thing and you know if I had a pet in the future I would absolutely do that I'm not sure on cost I didn't look that far into it um pet nose impression kits by Mickey Alice Quapis they're super cool. If you Google her name, I believe she will come up. On that note, I'm going to bounce around my list and probably get confused here, but there's another jeweler named Margaret Cross. Look her up on Instagram. Stunning. She makes memorial jewelry. Primarily, I see a lot of Victorian hair mourning jewelry. I think she also works with like ashes or I've seen her work with feathers. The pet hair memorial jewelry she makes is so incredibly beautiful and I am saving up so that one day I can get a piece because it looks like they start around a thousand US dollars. I totally get because everything is like so beautifully handcrafted and incredibly stunning. That's another cool piece of memorial jewelry that you can wear if that is your thing. Now on the note of, you know, pet fur, a little keepsake you can do is make some pet fur clippings. Now this was something I did years ago when I first got Boo. And again, these are in front of me right now. I'm looking at them. I made little spell jars. Basically, I took a little clipping of his fur. I got a little bit of his white fur, a little bit of his black fur. And I got these mini cork glass jars from the dollar store actually. Botham was like, I'll find something for this one day. And basically I have a picture again in my pet grief Instagram highlight of this, but it's a little keepsake. So I put in the jar his fur, I put a little sage leaf and some salt, and then I sealed it with like a wax seal. I sealed it with some little like pressed flowers in it. And I've had that since I got him, which is really special. I am also a nutter and I already had another extra Ziploc bag with fur clippings because I knew one day he would pass away and I might want something done with that. And the emergency vet was so kind to do free fur clippings and ink paw prints for us when he passed away, but that's something not every vet often 
offers. So it's something to think about if you haven't lost your pet yet. And I recommend everyone after this episode, or if you're out right now, write a note in your phone, go take a little clipping of your pet fur. Go stash some in a Ziploc bag. Or next time you're at the groomer, be like, can I just take a clump of this fur? and keep it, the, the clipping will be nicer fur. But it's something nice to have if that's up your alley to just like remember their fur by. To do anything fancy with it, you can just keep it in a Ziploc memory box if that's what you'd like to do. But having a fur clipping is really nice. Like I said, the ink paw prints as well. I know not every vet offers that. Often when you get the ashes, if you're opting for individual cremation, it will like ours added on a free, uh, like the clay imprints where they, you know, stamp their foot into it and it leaves the imprint. But having an ink paw print's nice because a lot of people like to get like tattoos or make art of those or frame them. So I'm really glad that we have those. It wasn't something I even thought of until the vet brought it up. So something to consider. Another really fun one, again, this is if you've got an alive pet right now, is doing a painting. Having your dog do a painting, I should say. And again, I have this on my highlight and I will, I don't know if I can, I think I can put links in the description. If I can, I will, to the Pinterest article. I found this from years ago, but a few years ago for Christmas, I had Boo paint my parents a picture and now they have it framed and it's such a cool keepsake memory to have but basically what you do you take a canvas or I just had printer paper so that's what I used and you put globs of paint on it so just like a glob of paint on it glob of paint on here put that inside a big freezer ziploc bag seal it make sure it's well sealed and on that ziploc bag you put peanut butter now I should backtrack and say before you put the piece of paper or canvas in the ziploc bag Smear a bunch of peanut butter over one side of the Ziploc so it's already smeared and your dog wants to lick it. With cats, I'm sure you could do this with like cat wet food. Cats love wet food, right? So the idea is you put the canvas in with paint globs and then you put it in front of them and they go to town. They start licking the Ziploc. Again, the paint is inside under the plastic, nowhere near them. They're not ingesting the paint and they're licking the peanut butter and it smears the paint around so that when they're done, you can take the Ziploc off, let it dry. And there's this painting that they painted with their tongue through peanut butter. And another pro tip is uh, after the painting is done, rather than pulling it out of the Ziploc, just take some scissors, cut along the Ziploc to just cut it out and peel back so that you don't smear the paint more. You just want it to be what they smeared. That's a super fun one to have a nice gift to give to family or partner, whatever, dog father's day. And that's a really fun one that I'm glad that we did. One more thing for like alive pets um, as a reminder and my advice to pet parents, take more photos and videos with your pets, specifically videos. Uh, For my job, I have a ton of clips of me and Boo over the years doing mundane things and it is so nice to reflect back on. Having videos where I can hear the jingle of his collar when I would come home, hearing his little paws running down the hallway, (laughs) seeing him jump for his supper because again, the man loved food, hearing his little dreams. I've got videos of him dreaming where he would twitch and you know, have his little barks chasing bunnies and squirrels. Having those videos of the mundane. I know you might feel silly setting up your phone in your backyard so you can take a little video of you running around with them, walking around, but having those memories visually has helped me so much. And my last pet memorial idea, I haven't fully completed yet, but it's in the works and it's the company Cuddle Clones. If it comes by the time this episode's released, I know they're sending me a 15% off coupon for y'all. And if it's not listed in the notes section here, it will be on my Instagram and on my TikTok. Basically, Cuddle Clones is a company where whether your pet is alive or passed away, as long as you've got some pictures of them, they create a custom stuffed animal of your pet. I think is cool. I'm like half expecting it to be kind of weird. Uh, I've seen some other like YouTubers and influencers per se get these and thought it was really neat. And I wanted to have one made and I reached out and was like, can I, can I get a hookup coupon code for my followers? Cause these are kind of expensive. So we'll see how it goes. They ask for, you know, as many pictures as you can provide of like the back of their neck, of them from their right side, them from their left side, their tail, their head, their chest, so they can get every angle Perfect, because they're custom made. The patterns are custom made to look like your pet. They are airbrushed individually by artists to make it look like your pet. It's gonna be super healing for both humans, if you've got children and other pets to have that visual cue that, you know, the actual animal is gone, but have something comforting for them to remember them by. I am super excited for my cuddle clone to come in the mail. Again, like this isn't sponsored. I just, I will have that coupon code because I love a good coupon. Anyhow, cuddle clones. I thought that was so cool. I'm like, have they been on Shark Tank or Dragon's Den yet? I don't, I don't know, but really neat idea. So that is my kind of list of pet memorials that I had in mind and wanted to share because I don't know, it's just pet loss and pet grief isn't something talked about enough. Before I get off of here, I have to talk about the TikTok slash Instagram account that brought me 
such immense amounts of peace. And her name is Rainbow Bridge Raina. And I will also put her like at in the description of this episode in case you forget. Creates incredible content. All her content is focused on pet loss and pet grief. And she has videos where she talks about her experiences with pet loss, but she plays this character, Rainbow Bridge Raina, where she dresses up as like the receptionist of the Rainbow Bridge for when pets are crossing the Rainbow Bridge. The most comforting, sweet videos reassuring you that your pets are okay, that they're happy, what happens at the Rainbow Bridge. It's like the comfort I needed so badly to get me out of guilt, to get me out of all the weird feelings and validate my feelings in those early stages of grief and still. <sighs> Rainbow Bridge Raina. She does these Zooms, I think either once a week or a couple times a month of pet loss support groups where you don't even have to talk. She'll guide you through meditations. She'll give like cues of what topics they're gonna talk about related to pet grief and pet loss. On that note, there's been a couple other TikToks that I found really helpful from vets. I can't remember the username of this one vet, but she specifically has like a mobile euthanasia business and her primary focus is end of life care and palliative care for animals, which again is something I never looked into before because typically when you really love your pet, it's not something you wanna think about and you become avoidant, which is risky territory because the more unprepared you are when the time comes, the trickier that it is. Anyhow, I remember a year ago seeing this TikTok from this vet who I rediscovered after losing Boo, who said a quote that sticks in my mind so much. And it is literally what I thought of the morning that I had to make the decision to euthanize Boo, which was that a few days too soon is better than a few days too late. This isn't to make anyone kick themselves who might think that they are in that category of being too late because you can't dwell on that stuff. If you're in a position where you aren't sure if you're making the right decision or you're talking to a vet that's not really leading you in one direction or the other, remembering that a few days too soon rather than a few days too late is the best thing for them is literally something I hold on to daily. That and the fact that my mom reminded me we are so lucky to have this option to peacefully let our pets pass with dignity and as pain-free as possible because I wish and she wishes that humans could have that same kindness and compassion. Talking about pet loss and pet grief is incredibly hard and I hope that this helped somebody out there whether you've lost a pet yourself, have pets, or just know people with pets and want to know how to better support them. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this, to better learn for yourself, to better learn for others, to listen to my story. Take what you think is helpful and relatable for you, discard the rest. Maybe you'll want to share this episode with somebody that you know that has gone through this so that they can get some ideas. Regardless, the algorithms are tough these days, so I appreciate it if you go leave me a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And again, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening. You can find me on Instagram at Vic in the Meadow and TikTok at VicSauce. I will have all the links of the books and information that I said I would put in the description in the description. And until next time. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.